you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. We're in week four of a series that we started called Daniel, and it's uh, talking about learning to live godly in an ungodly society. And uh, if you didn't hear the first couple weeks in this series, um, I don't always like these sermons, but I've actually <laughs> listened to them again. I think these are good ones. And, um, but it is imperative that we figure this thing out because the world that we live in is getting darker. And um, you can spin it however you want, but there's a pressure and an influence that they're having on us as God's people. And the book of Daniel really is about how the people of Israel were taken from their homeland that was conquered and placed in an ungodly society of Babylon, which is um, modern-day Iraq, and um, really just influenced to, um, to learn the culture of the people, hoping that that would change them. They changed their names, changed their identities, yet it couldn't change their heart and the way that they served the Lord. And what we find again and again through the book of Daniel is what I'm going to read to you right here in um, Daniel chapter 3. If y'all would stand to your feet, we're going to read the whole book of Daniel today, but I'm going to end with just the end to start off. Not the whole book, I'm sorry, the whole chapter of Daniel. Dear Jesus, y'all got time? We're going to go through this here. Uh, then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. For he sent his angel to rescue his servants who he trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, then they will be torn limb from limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Amen? Amen. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to an even higher position in the province of Babylon. Let's pray. Jesus, help. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. So what a wonderful decree that the king would make that like, Hey, man, there's no other God that can save. It's really powerful when God does something in our life that causes other people's lives, uh, other people's eyes to be open, that they recognize that there is a God, and he saves. I remember I was 19 coming to Bible school for my first time, and uh, one of my good friends was in a car accident on the way down here um, the night before they moved to answer the call of God on, on her life. She was in a car accident, and she drove off of a mountain down a hill, and she hit a tree. And um, when she came back the next day, and they had gotten her out of the car in the middle of the night and all that stuff, she came back the next day to check on the car. They left the car down there in this little ravine. Her Bible was sitting on the passenger seat, and a CD that she was listening to got ejected from the CD player and was sitting on top of the Bible, and it says, You Shelter Me. And, uh, and I was like, and she was like, God, I know 
that I'm supposed to go and answer this call. There's just something about the way that God, uh, his, he answers us. But in this story, what we see in the first chapter of Daniel, the second chapter of Daniel, and now the third chapter of Daniel, they all end the same way. With these men that love God and reserve themselves for him, uh, they are being promoted again and again and again. And it ends here that they would find promotion again. And I think in all, many of our lives, we are looking for a way that God would find us and promote us. God, if you could just take me from where I am, get me a little bit more money and a little bit more influence, that's wonderful. And we don't mean it, but our attention goes to this on a habitual process daily to figure out how the heck we're going to find increase in our life. Well, this is the end of the story. We don't often get to see the end of our story. We're stuck in the middle trying to navigate through. And I think that what I learned from this story is that if we have the mindset of how, God, are you going to promote me, we're missing the point. I'm going to take you back into this story. If you would, to verse 1, it would say this, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain in the providence of Babylon. And then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all of the providential officials came to the dedication of the statue that had been set up. So all of these officials came and stood before the king of Nebuchadnezzar uh, had set up. And then they hurled a sh- then a heralded shout out, all people of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all the other musical instruments, bow down to the ground to worship the King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. And so at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race, their nation, their language, bowed to the ground and worshiped the gold statue that the King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. This passage is interesting to me. It's, I think the Lord is looking for people that won't bow to the things of this world. You need to know that the Lord is creating a standard amongst God's people, and he's asking you to recognize those standards. In your life today, I don't know any or all of the people here, but I do know that the same Holy Spirit that walks with me walks with you. And I know one thing he is doing in your life. He is calling you to a higher level of holiness. He is calling you to obey him and to walk out of the things of this world and step away from sin and and come away with him. And this is a gentle pulling. It's a gentle calling. It's a wooing. It's a still small voice. And sometimes he has to be harsh because we're not listening. In this passage, there are some really wonderful things that's happening. I think of the ungodly pressure that we are under in our lives and how important it is for recognize the need for promotion. In your life right now, the world is looking at you and they are trying to influence you in a way that you feel the need to be like everyone else. 
please don't blend in. I'm going to tell you a quick story, and then I'm going to come back to this thought. My son uh, plays baseball, and we got the privilege a couple weeks ago of going to uh, Pigeon Forge. And we got in this big tournament. There was like 70 teams, and it was really cool. And there was this team that happened to be in our bracket that, that whooped our butts, and they ended up going on to be the, in the championship game. And this team was so good, they won the home run hitting contest, and uh, they, they had like five, six guys on the team that can hit home runs. And that was like really impressive because these fields were super bigger than a normal field. And these kids were cranking them. And every team that went up against them got the understanding that uh, these kids are different. They're just bigger. They're stronger. They're, they're different. They can hit the long ball. Well, when they got into the championship game, what was interesting was they ended up going into extra innings and they couldn't beat the other team. And uh, everyone knew their best player because he won the championship home run game. And so he got up to bat, and instead of them uh, just saying swing away, what they decided to do was bunt. So all of their fielders are backed up, and this kid lays down a bunt. And the next kid comes up, and he bunts. And the next kid that came up ended up with two strikes on him. Surely... He's going to swing now because if you swing with two strikes and you foul it, it's an out. And he bunted. This team that was known for hitting the long ball won the championship game in this 70-team tournament by bunting. They did what everyone else was not doing, and it ended up working in their favor. What I want you to know, blending in isn't what makes you significant. The Lord designed you to actually stand out. Hear the, hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and be separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. It's important that in your life, we can get back to a place where we can recognize the Holy Spirit and the things that is ungodly in the places that he's called you to be in. I don't believe that the Lord is calling you out of the job that is in the world, but I do believe that he's asking you to be different when you're there. And so what happens is sometimes we try so hard to look and fit in with those people that the very thing that the Lord wanted to do to promote you, you're not capable of doing anymore because you're just like them. What every team needs is actually to be different. We talk about this all the time in the culture of our home with our kids. We don't want you to be like each other. We actually want you to learn who you are and excel in that. Who did the Lord make you and who is he calling you to be? Don't act like everyone else. But in this passage, there was this gold statue set up and all of the people in the city and the country are bowing down and there's this awkward tension. I can feel it. I can almost hear the conversation What's the big deal? There's this massive consequence that if you don't do this, there will be this punishment of this furnace. You're going to die. You're going to be murdered. It's not a big deal. Just bow down. In fact, you don't even have to mean it. You don't even have to inhale. You don't even have to like it. You don't even have to, I don't know what the word is, fill in the blank, but the world has this way of dumbing it down to the point where it's not a big deal. Just get on your knees and then it's fine. 
But the reality is the Lord made us in such a way with some principles set inside us. And please hear me, it's not even about don't bow down. In fact, I want to teach you guys how to bow down. The reality of Daniel, Meshach, Abednego, and um, you know, Shadrach, you know, Shadrach and Benny and all these guys, they, the reason why they were so good at knowing this is in chapter 1, and you're going to find out in chapter 4, is that they had such great habits in their life where they were habitually going to the Lord in prayer. They identified in their life what was good and what their calling was and where the strength of their life came from, that when it came time to bow down to something else, they, they're just, I can't do that. It's not about what you're not. I, I actually want us to figure out how do we learn to bow down to the Lord? How do we learn to live a life of surrender? This happened to me just here as I'm sitting here thinking, and we're thinking about pray first in our life. Before you go to work, pray first. Before you get the promotion, pray first. Before you are arguing with your spouse, pray first. Before things happen in your life, we want to pray first. Before situations of conflict arise, pray. Ask the Lord what he will have you do. And so in this, we're talking this morning about uh, uh, Deb, uh, Deb said uh, that our scripture for today is John chapter 4, verse 23. That scripture says that the Lord is seeking worshipers, those that would worship him in spirit and truth. The Father is actually looking for worshipers. The promotion is what we're looking for. The Father's looking for those that want him. Yes. And that's the concept is like, like, do you, what do you want most in life? So we're going to hurry out the door tomorrow, grab a breakfast bar and coffee. and you know. But the Lord's like, look, you don't need coffee as much as you need me. Right. I'm going to ask you all to do something real quick. I'm going to ask you, if you wouldn't mind, bowing down with me. This is going to be awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to hurt some of you. Some of you can't do this for physical reasons. And if that's the case and you want to do it but you can't and you know it, it's okay. I'm just going to ask you to stand. Be different. And so I'm going to ask if you can here. Uh, to turn to your knee, to, to your chair, and um, and get down on your knees right here. Pray first. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to ask that you all join us in prayer. I'm going to ask that we would seek the Lord first, and this is what we're asking: God, that you would give us a heart again for you, above everything in our life. I'm asking, God, that you would teach us how to worship you with all of my heart, that you would be the first goal in my life, that I would hear your calling and remember to enjoy you and your love for me. Call us away, oh God. Here I am to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. There's a whole culture of people that are bowing down, and what we got to get, get good at is, is beating them to, the, to, the, to our knees because we start it in prayer. We start it in prayer. We start it in prayer. A little awkward. Not many churches have asked you to get on your, on your knees in prayer, uh, but this is what we're going to ask you to do because we want to be disciples. Come out from among them and be different. Are you different, and can you tell it? I've got so much good stuff to go over here today. I'm going to move on. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue that I've set up? 
I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue that I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. I love this passage because it's like the king actually calls them out by name individually, not a group. But there's going to be a time where you have to draw the line. I remember one of the first times I had an opportunity to stand for Jesus in my life. I had just gotten clean off drugs and alcohol, and I went to a party with one of my best friends, and I didn't want to get high that night. And they asked me why I didn't, and I just said I was just trying to be sober, and I couldn't stand for the Lord. This is an honest-to-God true story. It haunts me to this day. I remember it like I don't remember many things. But, but they asked me why I didn't want to. And I just said, ah, you know, I just I don't feel like it. That was my best friend, James. He actually went to jail for me at one point in his life. And we were sitting that day, and I couldn't tell him why. And I didn't want to get high because I, I wanted to honor Jesus. And I felt terrible when I was doing things that were ungodly. God was changing my heart. That next day, James died. The Lord's going to give you an opportunity. See, as he's changing you and as he's calling you out of darkness, you may not have known that you were compromising. But what the Holy Spirit does is he'll identify compromise in your life and he'll call you out on it. And you'll have an opportunity whether or not you are willing to honor the Lord or not in your life. He will give you these opportunities. And this is promotion. It's kingdom promotion. It's the favor of God and the kiss of God and the grace of God on your life. And when he begins to set you apart and put his spirit on you, you're now lovely things are going to begin to happen in your life. Ah, Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Okay, this is where it starts to get good. Some of you know this story, or you saw it on Veggie Tales and all the good stuff, you know, but this is one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible, and I, I have to go quickly. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. I love this, man. One of the four values of our church are all going to be right here in this passage. I don't need to explain who I am to you because... I know who he is and who he says I am. When you begin meeting with the Lord, you worry about his consequence over your life. And when you have the kiss of God and you know that you're in approval, everything else is going to work out in your life. You're not going to fear employment. You're not going to fear people's judgment. There's a lot of youth and momentum on social media that would cause you to feel like you need to blend in. Don't blend in. Stand out. Don't blend in. Stand out. Put a sweater on. You know what I mean? Look different. Um, We don't need to defend ourselves before you, but if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, our God we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power. Now, ah, this is so emotional for me. I'm trying to chill. I can jump out of my skin. I want to remind you that we believe in freedom. I want to remind you that we believe in deliverance. I want to believe, I remind you that we believe that strongholds are broken at the name of Jesus. I want, you, I want you to remember that there's nothing that Jesus can't do. We believe in miracles. We believe that miracles are not from yesterday, but for today, that the power of God is mighty to save right here, right now. And this, is, this is, has to become part of our language. This has to become part of our tone, that I believe that he is and that he can and that he wants to move in our lives. 
He didn't just die on the cross to make you his friend. He died on the cross to change you, mind, body, and soul, everything about you. He is mighty to save. Man, I love it, I love it, I love it. But even if he doesn't, this is what they said here in 17. Even if he doesn't, We want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. I pray, church, that God raises up a standard inside of here that you can identify the ungodly things that the Lord is telling you no and you learn to obey him and that calling. That it like, it, 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 it's uh, like calvinized or like, I don't know what that word is. That's like, is it galvanized or calvinized or? galvanized. That's the word. Thank you, Jesus. Like you said it in your heart that I will not sin against my God, but I love this passage that he said, even if he does not save me. This is probably my favorite passage in scripture, and I pray this so very often to the Lord. This prayer was taught to me by one of my friends here in the church, Dustin, and he he was telling me about how he prayed that God blessed his business, but if he doesn't, He's already done so many wonderful things for me. And I want you to know, like, some of you are are learning your faith. And I just want to remind you that, like, we win. We win. We have already won so many things. Like, I, I won because he changed my heart and is teaching me how to love. I win because he convicts me and softens my heart and rebukes me of my pride. We win because he is making us better parents and better children and better sons and daughters. And like We win because he is in our life. If he doesn't do another thing for me, we win. It's not like I know that God heals. I know that he delivers. But if he doesn't, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We're doing a funeral right here in this building today. And I'm so thankful to be able to stand here and declare and say, he healed. He healed. Like I want you to know, he is always healing. He's always healing. He's always moving. He is always good. He is always good. He's always good. Even if he doesn't heal, let me tell you how it ends up. We'll all be made well. We'll all be made whole. We'll all be healed, mind, body, and soul. We'll all... mm. Gosh, I get so excited. I'm sorry. This is like my prayer when I'm trying to surrender to the Lord and remind him, like, God, I I don't know what your plan is. I don't know what you're going to do. I believe that you can do anything you want. But even if you don't, I'm going to tell you another story. I got stories coming out of nowhere here today. I had this friend um, when I first became a believer. Um, You know, I have a friend here today. We have a missionary joining us in the second service today uh, from Guatemala that we just went to. So if you guys went to Guatemala with us, you may want to come back because Marty and Amber are here uh, today in second service. Um, but I have a friend who's a missionary to Nicaragua who's here. Brooke is in the back. And Brooke, do you remember Juan from, church, from Carpenters? He's one of the most godly men in the whole world. This guy used to, um, he used to be the church janitor. And it's so funny because there's not many people that like want to be a janitor. And this guy, like, it was a 10,000 seat auditorium, and he was, the, he was the guy that washed the toilets. 
And he did it with such fervency and love for Jesus and such enthusiasm. And every time he saw someone, he'd say, how are you doing, my brother? Hey, it's good to see you, my friend. Hey, praise the Lord. How is God moving in your family, you know? How can I pray with you today? And I just love that it's like so many people have ambition to be, like, great. And his ambition was to die to who he was so that he can love others. He, the mission of his life was who was in front of him. And that's what I want in my life. I want God to honor me. And I want him to honor me by changing my heart to love him. And everything else in my life is better when I just love the Lord better in my life. Does this make sense? Like, yes. I don't know. That's, that's promotion for me is when I'm with him, everything's right. And I don't know if you've developed that prayer time, or I don't know if prayer has gotten away from you, but let me make sure you understand that life is not better. Like, all of us know that we need to improve our prayer life. But when you're there, and you got that cup of coffee, and the wind's blowing, and things, life makes sense when you're with the Lord. I, I Please fight for that. For the next 21 days, the next seven days, we're going to focus on worship. Then the next seven days, we're going to focus on God moving within us. And then the next seven days, we're going to focus on like God moving us out to reach other people. It's going to be pretty cool. That's the theme for what we're doing. I have to keep going because it's good, uh, even if he doesn't. What I know is that um, even if he doesn't heal us, even if he doesn't save us, those are confusing moments in our lives when we, are, we find ourselves in a fire. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it, but what the scripture says is that the king got really ticked off at these guys that refused to bow, and he threw them in a fire. Now, that's confusing to modern-day Christians, especially in 2023 when there's any kind of suffering. But throughout humanity, suffering happened to godly people. You need to know there's a high probability, based on what we read in Scripture, that it will come again. And it doesn't come in the form of people, like, banning you from Facebook for a week. Like, it comes in, like, losing your job or being ostracized or losing, like, like privilege. And, and we are privileged. But in this story, they were, they were bound hand and feet, and they were thrown in, the, in a furnace. And I think what happens to the church is that we are confused when we're in trials. I know that in my life right now, I'm going through one of the most intense trials I've ever had in my life. Anyone else in this room? These things are confusing. Oftentimes, where is God? And it's really difficult because when you're going through it, it's easier for others to see God in you, but it's so hard for you to see God in you. Well, you have to know is that there is purpose in this fire for you in this life. Like, you, this fire was actually designed for you. It's not an accident that you're going through a difficult time. In fact, look back at your life and the, the moments that made you great. It was always the pressure. It was always the hardship. It was always the things that were difficult. Any athlete that ever became great didn't just stumble upon it. They worked for it. They stressed their body out. They, people that are super intelligent, they studied, they learned, they fought for what they want. What you need to know is that fire and trial and difficulty is what's going to make something beautiful. Yeah. 
People are having difficult times in your marriage right now. Don't fight against that. Lean into it. Because it's that conflict that's actually creating a unity where there was, you're just moving, you're floating away from one another if you're not willing to fight it out. You, this fire was designed for you. And it feels all so yuck. What I love about it, though, he threw him in the fiery furnace, you know, and there's this cool passage in Genesis chapter 50, and uh, a story very similar to what's going on in this passage happened uh, through a man named Joseph, who had awful things happen to him again and again and again and again in his life because God was trying to promote him. And every time he found himself promoted, it was like he found himself being demoted for doing what was right. Don't lose integrity in the midst of your, life, in your journey. Keep your eyes on the Lord and just obey him. He's working something out through you. This is what we believe is that he is a supernatural God that has predestined your life to do something great. He's painting something. You ever see those paintings where those people, they do all this stuff and then they flip it and they do something else and they flip and all of a sudden it makes sense when they're done. They turn it back upside down. You're like, oh yeah, it was Jesus. Sure. I should have known that the whole time. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's really cool. Check it on YouTube. If you're new, I get these rabbit trails all the time that come to me and uh, it's really terrible. In the story of Joseph, there's this wonderful passage. I want to read it to you. You may have heard this verse before, but you maybe you never saw it in context. Joseph said this in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. He said that, um, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for his good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. There is purpose in your fire. And really, it has nothing to do with you, but it's all for his glory. The reason why God's got you going through it isn't for you, it's for me. It's, that's why testimonies are so stinking awesome. Because I need your story of brokenness to remind me that I'm going to get through this. I need your scars. I need you to go through some things so that it actually, I can know, oh, so you did obey God and he did come through for you and all these lovely things happened. It is in this story that we saw that they had to go through trials they, they bowed down every day in prayer to the Lord and worshiped him so that Nebuchadnezzar can make this stupid gold dumb thing that they refused to bow and be like everyone else so that they would be persecuted in front of everyone else so that God would reveal himself to you. What if your lack of finances in this season, your hardship in your marriage, your difficulty with your kid, your problem that's going on in your finances or this, this, this fighting for an answer for prayer is really just to reveal the glory and the power of God in your life. Maybe it's just me, but isn't this every story that we read about in Scripture? At the very last minute, God comes through. And in this moment, he didn't even wait till the last minute. That's the thing that's terrible. He straight pushed these guys into the furnace. And they walked around, and it's in that moment that the world got to look in and say, I thought there was three guys in the fire. No, there's, there's another. It looks like someone that's, that looks like God walking around with him. So powerful. 
I have a friend that goes to our church, and she's in one of the most difficult seasons of her life. And when Teresa and I pray for her or visit her, it is so obvious that the only reason why she's able to do what she's doing is because the Spirit of God is on her. And, and she's just fighting to get by. We can see God moving in your life. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Fight the good fight. There's so many other things that I want to say, but I, what I recognize is that the most important thing is that you learn to take the journey. Hey, there are some of you that are here today, and you know that you are not walking with God. Maybe you're religious and you attend church a lot, but you don't have relationship with God. There's probably some things in your life that is not different than other people at work. You probably have some bad habits that no one else knows about, but most importantly, you're not spending time with him. And he's calling you to a place of worship where you would come away with him. He is seeking worshipers. He is looking throughout the earth for worshipers. This is what Jesus told us and when he was with the woman at the well. He's looking for someone who will worship me. If you're here today and you know that God is calling you, would you do me a favor? Would everyone in this room just bow your heads and close your eyes for a second? The Holy Spirit is moving in you, and he's trying to create resolution in you. He's trying to say, today we change our life. Today we rise above. Today I put my hand on you. Today things change. And if that's you and you recognize that God is calling you with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for you. Will you raise your hand right now? God bless you. God bless you. Jesus, God bless you. God bless you. His spirit is so beautiful when he moves. Lord, I ask that you would forgive us all of our sin. I pray that you would teach us how to not, think, not, how to not love things about you, but how to love you, how to enjoy you, how to cast our cares on you, how to worship you and celebrate you and honor you in the place where you dwell. I pray that we find your dwelling place and you teach us how to enjoy it all over again. You're looking for me. Lord, I'm coming for you. I pray you change my life by the power of your Holy Spirit. You teach us how to be different. In Jesus' name, amen. If I had a title this message today, it'd probably be, be different. I think that that's what our calling is. I think that many of us are looking for promotion. We're looking for the same thing that everyone else is looking for in America, and that's more recognition, and more increase in finances. And I wonder if the key to everything is actually not wanting what everyone else wants, but just wanting to honor the king. 
and put his hand on you. And he'll use you to do great. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Things exceedingly above and beyond all that you could imagine or even ask for. Father, I pray for your church. I pray that today that you'd be with them. I pray that you would use them. I pray that you put your spirit on their life. And I pray that everyone around them would see the God that they so worship and adore. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Hey, if you want prayer for anything today, we're going to have some prayer warriors down here at the altar after service. I beg you to come down for prayer. And um, if uh, you're here for the first time, we have a table in the back that we have some friends at that we want to welcome you, get to know you, and introduce ourselves to you. I love you guys. God bless you. See you soon. Tomorrow, pray first. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.